You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. This is one of those mornings where I need the fourth pillar to be here, ready to go. Because the Lord has given you something. He has given us something that is an impossible task. This morning, he has a word for this church. It is a promise for this church. It is a marching order for this church. It is a plan of attack. But I'm telling you, he has come in this morning with big things in store for this, for this body, for this house. He wants to do big things in and through you this morning. He wants to give you a very, very big job that is impossible if you're just doing it. It is only possible through the power of the Holy Spirit abiding and remaining in the will of God, but it is also only possible if there is unity in spirit with us. Because I'm telling you, he's given us a big thing. A big thing this morning. I want to talk about a specific subject that has been rampant in our society. I'm a, I'm a millennial. It's hard to say. But I'm a millennial. I've got to accept it. I'm a millennial. And so I, I enjoy sometimes social media. I can, I can find pleasure in some social media every now and then. I enjoy it. I like Facebook. I like seeing some stuff. I love and I hate. It's love and hate relationship. That's basically what it is for all millennials. I, w- I would say it's love-hate relationship. But we have social media. So I have seen videos comments, different things from people of my generation, but also the younger generations that are growing up right now. And so many, what has become the norm in our society, what has become the norm, and I'm really specifically talking about the younger generations this morning, what has become the norm is for them to deal in some form or fashion with anxiety. They deal with it heavily to the point where they just talk about it. It's just no big deal. It's like breathing in air, taking a drink of water, go take your anxiety medication. It's just something they deal with. These people that are, that are that, that's the new term is influencer on social media. Basically just means a lot of people watch their videos and most of their content is garbage. But they're an influencer and they get paid to do that. And they'll tell you, oh, sorry, I didn't put out a video yesterday. My anxiety was really bad. It's like... It's just the norm conversation. But we saw this with something else. We saw this with suicide. Suicide, I remember talking to people that casually thought about killing themselves on a regular basis. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a scary thing for them. It's just like, I mean, maybe I'll go get some lunch or maybe I'll just kill myself. It was that casual. And I'm finding the same thing with anxiety. And it broke my heart to see these people with anxiety To see a generation, not just a few people that I know, but to see a generation, generations of people that are plagued with this. Plagued with it. It is everywhere. It would shock you how many kids deal with anxiety across that street. It would blow your mind how many kids from our seniors to our elementary school students take prescription medication for anxiety. Babies 
babies that deal with this. Babies that deal with it. And it's to the point the Lord led me to it where I will not stand for it any longer. I am angry at that. But I'm also rejoicing in the fact that the Lord has said, okay, you want to take it on? Let's take it on. Because I want it gone. Anxiety can only exist where there's gray. We're going to talk about why anxiety exists the way it does. I'm telling you it only exists because there's gray areas. And what has he said he's doing? He's removing the gray. Amen? So we get to be a part of removing the gray, but I'm telling you it's so big because we are a part of removing the gray. We are going to deal with this issue in such a way that a generation will be set free from it. I'm telling you this little group in sundown Texas is going to remove anxiety from the world. From a generation of people, we are going to attack it and the Lord is going to remove it. Do you hear what I'm saying to you this morning? I am giving you an impossible task. The Lord has said that this is ours to do. This is ours to address and we will address it. And it's so simple because all it requires is you to live the way he has called you to live. And do what he calls you to do. We cannot understand each brush stroke of this masterpiece. But your life is but a mist. And your mist, this little life that we get to live in comparison to eternity, has so much significance. It is one brush stroke on this masterpiece. But I'm telling you that one brush stroke is so significant. And we cannot fathom the ripple effects of your life. But the Lord set you in this place for this time right now and he's called you who he's called you for a reason and I believe the reason is to address this one of the many reasons the fourth pillar in the next great move of God the fourth pillar of the great move of God we are witnessing right now is not just simply a structure it is a force to be reckoned with because he has called us to hold up what he wants to do in this world to be one of many that would hold it up There's significance in you. And that's why we talked about what we talked about. I didn't know that. The Lord doesn't give me like, hey, I'm going to, we're going to lead you through this for 12 weeks. This is what we're going to talk about. This week's this, this week's this. But now I understand in perfect clarity why he needed you to understand who you were in all of this. Last week. You cannot go on. You cannot accept this that he's calling us into if you believe less about yourself. Because you cannot give away what you do not have. And there's a generation of people that don't need people that doubt themselves. They've got plenty of it. They don't need it anymore. So that's why we talked about what we talked about last week. You are who the Lord has created you and ordained you to be, period. We're moving on. Don't catch me. Don't, don't let me catch you slipping up on it. Because I'll, I'll dump you. We can't do it no more. We can't. We cannot. Go back and forth between who God has called us to be and who the little we believe about ourselves. We can't do it anymore. Time has come and gone. You are who he has called you to be, period. We're moving on. Okay? We're dealing with anxiety today. This is consuming a people. But why? I asked the Lord why. And I've, I've, I've had this before the Lord for months. I did not know that it was going to turn into what it's turned into this morning. But I have asked the Lord for months. And it has weighed so heavy on my heart. Why is this the common language? Why is this the common issue? 
Why is this something that the people in this nation so easy, not just in this nation, in this world, just find themselves in all the time? Why? And I started looking at it. And right now, there's a gen, there are generations growing up that have more information being presented to them than ever before. And the Lord has shown me that when, and we know this, but when we pursue what he has created us for in the soul, we produce gray. That's the fruit of pursuing what the Lord, if you want to pursue freedom, but you do it absent the spirit of God, and you pursue freedom for freedom's sake in the soul, you will produce gray. You will give fruit to gray. If you produce truth, but you don't do it in the spirit, you do it in the soul with your mind, will, and emotions, you will produce gray. And that's what we've seen. We have a generation of people in pursuit of truth, but they're doing it away from God, almost actively trying to get as far away from God as they can and pursue truth. He is truth. He's the creator of truth. He is the person. Truth is a person. And they're pursuing truth without pursuing truth. So they're doing it in the soul. And they produce gray. So we have a society, when we, produce truth, when we pursue truth in the soul, we get relative truth. My truth is not your truth. Your truth is not my truth. Relative truth. I can be whatever gender, whatever I want to be. And you can be something else. And that's why we have a list that's every day increasing of genders. That's terrifying. But it's in pursuit of relative truth. Who taught them that, church? We did. Because we looked at this book and we're like, I don't really like what it says here. That's, that's going to make me do stuff I'm not really comfortable with. That's going to take control away from me. I'm going to push that to the side. We're not going to teach that. We're going to teach this. We're going to talk about this instead. So we've kicked out the spirit of truth that will lead you into all righteousness. Kicked him out. Because eh, we pursued the Lord in the soul, absent the spirit. And we've got relative truth in the church that has run rampant. And we've taught society that. There, as there normally is, I don't know why I give this warning every time. There's a lot of scripture and I'm going to be jumping around really fast. So if you can't get there, fast. I'm getting you guys to your Bible trivia, getting real good. We're going to have some super Christians in here because you guys are going to be able to get to stuff fast. If you can't yet, practice at home. It's going to be on the screen. John 8, 31 through 32. And Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. His spoken word. And then in just a few chapters, he talks about this abiding. In John 15, he talks about what it is to abide, to remain in him. All done through the Spirit in the Spirit. But when the church began to pick and choose what parts of God we wanted, we lost truth. So we pursued it in the soul. And that's how we get gray areas. When you take... What was meant for us to operate in in the spirit and refuse the spirit but want that stuff, you have to pursue it in the soul. You're left with no option. If you will not 
do it in the spirit, you will do it in the flesh. And the flesh can only produce gray areas. Tell me one time when you tried to do a thing for God in the soul and it worked out and produced all this glory and honor and fruit. It doesn't happen. And that's what we have a church that's doing. We're doing activities for activity's sake. We're pursuing things because we've got to stay busy. The best ideas can be the worst ideas if they're not done in obedience. But you can't have obedience if you don't have the Spirit of God. If you have rejected the Spirit of God, you are left to your own devices. And you will produce gray. So we have produced grace. So now we have a generation giving younger generations the freedom to choose every single detail about their life. Every single detail. What is your relative truth? That's what we've left them with. They have absolutely no directions. Galatians 4, 28. Go there. Really quick. And just imagine that for a second. Imagine all the information that's flooding, flooding out now, that's coming out now, that you believe is ridiculous or great, whatever that is. But just think about all the information that these kids have access to now with their phone and with the internet. You can't, you can't do anything without the internet. There's, there's not a job, there's not a one that doesn't use the internet. School uses the internet. We're in a time right now, the internet has made school possible in a lot of places. Without it, there would be no school, there would be no education. It's a great thing. But it also allows a generation of kids, and we've talked about this a lot. This has been a common conversation since I was a kid in school and in church They have access to all this information. Galatians 4, 28. Now you, brothers like Isaac, the children of promise. But just as at that time he was born according to the flesh, persecuted persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, so also it is now. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So brothers... We are not the children of the slave, but we, but of the free woman. Amen. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. For freedom he has set us free. That does not mean that if you're a Christian now, you've got access to do whatever the heck you want. He also says... We shouldn't continue sinning so that grace could abound. That's not what he meant when he said, for freedom you've been set free. One, freedom is a person. You have been created to exist within the will of God, and now you have the freedom to do so. And you have freedom within that will of God. It's not just you got to stand there until God says to do something. You get to exist freely in the will of God. When you see a need, you get to run towards it. That's what Jesus did. He was moved by compassion and would, would intercede with the Father. We would see miracles happen. He was moved with compassion. We get to do that in the will of God. We get to have that freedom in the will of God. But freedom in the spirit. We have been set free that we can freely exist in the will of God. But in the soul, freedom turns to aimlessness. Pursuing freedom for freedom's sake. In pursuit of freedom, in this society's pursuit of freedom. In our society, what we've allowed is aimlessness. There is a generation 
that has no direction. And that's one of three things that we're going to talk about this morning. We have a generation with absolutely no direction. And where are they supposed to get their direction from? Just listen. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Where are they supposed to get their direction from? An older generation that has said, in pursuit of freedom, you do whatever you want. Discover about yourself whatever you want. And they're looking at him. Okay, so what, 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 what's the first thing I do? I don't know. Because my relative truth is not your relative truth. So good luck. Get out there and discover. So they have no direction, which means they have no place to turn. If there is a generation, an older generation that is literally telling them, I got no answers for you. But just encouraging them to pursue freedom and figure out who they are in their own relative truth. Figure that out for yourself. So they have no direction, so therefore they have no place to turn. If I need direction, I'll go to my parents. I have a place to turn. If I need direction, I can turn to the Father. I have a place to turn. The Lord showed me this vision. Peter walking on the water is so relevant in so many ways. But he showed me a generation of kids on, in that scenario. Waves crashing around them. It's dark. It's windy. It's violent on the sea. And they are slowly sinking. And they're watching themselves slowly sink. And when they look up, they are completely alone. Welcome to anxiety. That's it. Anxiety is the, being overwhelmed by your circumstances, by stress, by the things that surround your life. But what does the Lord say in Philippians 4, 6 through 7? Sarah, will you put it up? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We have a place to send our anxiety. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxieties on him. For he cares for you. We know that truth. So we get to live in that. Imagine not having that option. And having the weight of all this freedom and this truth in our society just crash down on you. I'm telling you, look at what happens to our kids when it's time to start figuring out what they're going to do in college. Because we as a society say, you better know. I changed my degree a lot. Took a victory lap twice. Yeah, my mom's like, yeah, she's paying for it. She knows. She's well aware. But there was society, it's like, hey, 18-year-old kid, you better have what you're doing for the rest of your life figured out right now. And these kids just, they can't handle it. They have no place to turn. They have no direction. They have no place to turn. They have no direction on what, on what matters. No direction about who they are. Who the Lord has created them to be. They have no place to turn. And then lastly. They have no purpose. And a person without purpose will die. They will fall apart. And this search and this quest for purpose will kill them. 
society is such a, suicide is such a casual thing in society because people have gotten to the point where they don't know what else to do but to do that. It's the logical option now. They have lived for so long with no direction, no place to turn, and absolutely zero purpose dealing with this, this anxiety and they, they don't know what else to do. It's the logical option. That's what, that's what we have left them with. I'm telling you, it weighs heavy on me because I know people that I've allowed to live in it. I don't live in it. Man, that must just be their struggle. Absolutely not. Because those three things are easy to tell somebody. It's easy to give somebody direction, a place to turn and purpose. Because the Lord is freely and always offering that information to us. Always offering that information to us. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. They don't know that. Those three that the Lord has shown are why anxiety and other mental issues exist like they do. So what do we, the church, what do we do? We few who know the person of truth, who know our identity, who have eyes to see and ears to hear because of the Spirit of God that dwells in us, that's exactly what we do. The answer is right there. You be who God has created you to be. Period. In all things, you leave this place with eyes to see and ears to hear about everyone around you. And you only believe that about those people. You allow no circumstance, you allow no incident, you allow no thing that they've done to you or the people around you to affect that. You look at them as God looks at them and they will rise to the occasion. Because in those places, in that environment, you are fostering direction, a place to turn, and purpose. It is that simple. But we've got kids dying out there because no one's willing to do it. Oh, that's a kid. He fails. He's not, he's not going to amount to nothing. That's a real belief in people that invest their days in that person's story every day for a school year. Now, I'm not saying I could be a good teacher. I couldn't go, I couldn't go do that. That's an ordaining. That's an anointing. You are called to be a teacher in a public education system. You are called. Why are you called? Because you are going to see a kid for months and they have no choice but to go to you. What a beautiful thing school is. It is illegal not to go to it. You have to go to school. You have to be educated. Praise God, because the people of God exist in these places. And they have the opportunity to not sit there and preach a sermon in math class or science class or English. They don't have to do any of that. They just get to look out when they're getting ready to start teaching these kids and only see what God sees. We have that beautiful gift to look at the person sitting across from you in the business meeting and to only see what God says about them. To look at your boss that for some reason just doesn't like you but only see what God sees about them. It's that simple. Be who God has called you to be. Be who he has called you to be in fullness because there are lives at stake. I'm telling you, this is big. 
And this is also something to rejoice in because we have the ability to free a generation from it. Do you hear that? You have the absolute ability, power, and authority to free a generation from anxiety. Simply by believing what God says about them and only speaking to that. Only speaking into that, only believing that. That's what we do. The church. John 5, 19 through 20. The Father loves His children. And He loves to show us what He Himself is doing. So that you may marvel. He wants to show us. He wants to reveal these things to us. How do you know who God has called you to be? Think about your own story right now. How do you know that? Everyone knows that. Right now, in this room, if you know who the Lord has called you to be, you know it because someone else saw that in you and only spoke to that. You get to be that for a generation. That they would live in freedom. Free from anxiety. Because we know a place that we can cast our anxieties upon. And we know what we were created for. And we know what they were created for. Amen? That's a big thing. That's an exciting thing. We the people of God get to be that. And this is going to take... This morning, this is a task that he's given us. It's going to take an active church, a people that are willing to freely give what he has given to us. A people that will only speak into a person that which God says about them. Can we be the solution, church? Can we? I'm asking you. Can we be the solution? Can we free a generation from anxiety by introducing them to their creator? Can we? I'm telling you, if you are willing to take this mantle, we are going to see freedom like we have yet to see. The Lord told me last week to start praying for victory. Sounds like victory. A generation. That wouldn't know anxiety. Hearing about kids that will get up to share their testimony. And there won't be some dark past attached to it. We've worshipped that as a church a little bit. Like oh man they're way more Christian. Because they, they did all this bad stuff. And then they found God. What about a generation of people. They're like oh man I started hearing the spirit. And walking in the spirit when I was like four. I think. I only, I only remember God. What about kids that know the Lord before they can speak about what they know about the Lord? I pray that over my kids all the time. That they would have dreams and visions. They would have moments with God that when they're my age, they could articulate. Yeah, I remember this dream of me and the Lord just doing this and interacting in this way. And I had no ability to even, artic- I didn't know the words to share that testimony. But that's just what I lived in. Let's have a generation like that, right? Let's have kids that exist in this building, that exist in this community, that are prophesying over one another, that, are, that worship is breaking out around them. These are little babies, but that are walking in power. 
Let's have kids that are seeing someone injured and they're walking up and they're laying hands and they're rising up from it. Let's see a generation freed and a generation that comes after that doesn't have to deal with this. We have the answers. We have the ability, church. You have been anointed. You have been called to do great things that you yourself would not believe if God had told you. I'm telling you right now, he spoke that last week. We are standing in the midst of one of those moments where he has got such greatness in store for you. He has got such greatness for you to be a part of that you would not, you could not believe if he told you. If he sat you down and broke it all out, you would not be able to believe it. I'm having a hard time, not a hard time, but it's, it's a very big task to even wrap my mind around to see a generation freed from a little place called Sundown, Texas. Because of what truth lives and comes out of here. That's a big thing. That's an impossible thing. Praise God. He's not called us into what we can comprehend. I'm so glad that we don't serve a God that we can comprehend. I don't want to fully comprehend him. Because that means I'm his equal. So praise God that I cannot comprehend the fullness of this, this creator. And I cannot comprehend the fullness of what he is calling us into, church. But I'm telling you, he is calling us into freeing a generation, generations from this disease. That is, the prescription is so simple. Direction, a place to turn and purpose. All of that is freely and readily available to them. Do you believe that? Do you receive that? There are big things in store for this place and the people that gather here. Big things. And I'm very excited to be a part of it. I'm very excited to see a generation rise out of this place that does not know these things, does not know anxiety, does not know depression, doesn't know it because they've lived all of their days with purpose. Because from the moment they were conceived, they have been spoken over the purpose that the Lord has for them. From that very moment. I'm telling you right now, it's an easy thing. If we brought any person in here right now, anyone, from any point in your story, we brought them in here right now. Could you really bring yourself to say something bad about them? It's, it's really, Randy taught us that well. To get them in your lap and just begin to speak over them. The only things you're going to want to speak are that which is of God. Good things. We get to be that. It's that simple. We get to be that to our community. So let's be that to our community. Let's be that to the generations that we encounter. Let's be that to everyone around us. Let's speak truth over them. Have eyes to see and ears to hear that which God says about them. Period and nothing else. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.